You're listening to Tezonomics, the podcast that explores the people, companies, and protocols that are building the Tezos ecosystem. I'm your host, Jonas Lamas, and if you like the work I'm doing with Tezonomics, I would appreciate it if you would consider delegating your Tezis to my two bakers. That's Tezos Capital and Tezos Capital Legacy. You can find out all about my bakers on our website at tezos.capital. Tezonomics is sponsored by TQ Tezos. TQ Tezos works to advance the Tezos ecosystem by creating open source software and other public goods, by providing support to projects and companies building on Tezos, and by connecting the global Tezos community. You can find out more on their website at tqtezos.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Tezos Commons. Tezos Commons supports the ideas, individuals, and organizations dedicated to building the digital commonwealth. The team at Tezos Commons is focused on empowering the community to be their own architects of Tezos through bootstrapping local communities, education, events, and funding open source initiatives. The Commons keeps a busy meetup calendar with events happening soon in London, Sydney, Los Angeles, and here in Silicon Valley. So check out Tezos Commons and sign up for events at tezoscommons.org. Hello, everybody. It's Jonas Lamas here with another episode of Tezonomics. We're getting towards the end of 2019, and this is our second to last uh, Tezonomics episode for the year. Uh, and we have a great guest with us today to uh, review what's going on with the Tezos ecosystem, and that is Jacob Arluck. So Jacob, uh, as most of you know, joins us from uh, his role uh, at uh TQ Tezos, and we're going to get the details of what he's been up to this past year, what uh, what's going on with TQ, what's going on in the Tezos ecosystem, and what he's excited about for the year ahead. So, Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Jonas. Thanks for having me, and uh, happy holidays to uh, you and all your listeners. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you as well. And let's get started with a quick background on yourself. Um, tell us you know, how did you get involved in Tezos and what is your current role in the ecosystem? Yeah, so uh, back in early 2018, as um, a lot of the, you know, sort of as the dust was settling um, with obviously the whole, um, you know, sort of Tezos Foundation, you know, drama and all that good stuff, um, I got involved with the, um, you know, around the launch um, to help, you know, just various projects also came on to help with you know, sort of figuring out in practice what, what it would look like to do this, you know, have this whole amendment process, you know, on-chain amendment process and all that, st- all that sort of sort of thing. Um, was in Paris uh, helping, you know, the the teams, uh, you know, the, you know, with the foundation and uh, nomad, you know, what was preceded nomadic labs and, and all of that. Um, and then uh, eventually in the fall, um, you know, sort of obviously that's how I met uh, Allison, um, you know, Allison Manchero. Um, and, uh, you know, in the fall, you know, obviously we were both from uh, you know the New York area, and we sort of decided um, it would be great to create a new uh, entity focused on Tezos, um, public goods, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, based out of you know based out of New York, you know, focused on um, you know really on the North America in North America, but also you know with certain 
projects that sort of have a, you know, where we help folks in other uh, regions as well, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bridge the gap um, for Tesla's adoption, um, you know, sort of events, uh, you know, big, big events, like obviously the T-Quorum series, et cetera. Uh, my role, you know, sort of specifically is um, I, I do I, I sort of a project by project basis, but I, I help out um, in a number of the different um, you know, sort of business units within um, TQ. So one uh, big focus obviously is around, um, you know, sort of sort of on like a, a product basis. So helping um, our product team, you know, our, 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 our developer team, um, you know, build um, the right stuff, make sure that they're talking to all of the community, all the other folks in the intelligence community, make sure they're talking to folks like Nomadic or, or Cryptium uh, and understanding that, you know, the changes coming down the pike on, on, on core, um, all that sort of stuff. But then I also um, help out on, on sort of a number, I have, you know, sort of been involved in a number of other uh, projects, um, you know, ranging from, Things like obviously Tesla Agora and, and sort of these governance projects, you know, many times with um, the folks at Tesla's Commons, um, as well as, you know, sort of some proof of stake uh, centric um, areas like, uh, you know, sort of the proof of stake alliance or, um, you know, you know, working with individual bakers to understand challenges in the ecosystem, you know, sort of trying to get a handle on on how we can, you know, sort of improve things or, or address those needs, like sort, sort of things like that. So a lot of what I do is like, you know, sort of finding things that don't, you know, the problems in the ecosystem, figuring out ways that, you know, um, you know, we can, uh, you know, sort of address those, whether those are projects or, you know, sort of talking um, with folks on, you know, to create new projects that address a given challenge that we're seeing in, in, in the ecosystem or the market or whatever, um, and uh, going from there. So it's a very, it's a, it's a bit uh, all over the place, um, you know, from, from the outside, but it actually makes a lot of sense, um, you know, when you, on a day-to-day uh, basis, sort of just, you know, really checking in with, you know, different teams that, um, you know, with, within our, within uh, both, you know, within our organization. And then uh, I spend a lot of time interfacing with, with external teams, um, whether those are folks that are building on Tezos or, um, you know, sort of, as I said, you know, community developers um, uh, or other, other teams, uh, you know, doing development work on Tezos. Excellent. And as you mentioned, uh, you teamed up with Allison and uh, to get uh, TQ uh, Tocqueville group, I guess it's uh, official name for it yeah. launched. Um, which I think you said happened kind of in late 2018. And yeah. then here in 2019, you uh, you guys have really been getting um, getting uh, your feet on the ground and then getting some great momentum going for TQ. Um, so tell us here in 2019, what what can you sum up what TQ was about and what were some of the main projects that you all focused on delivering? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and also the way I, I would frame TQ is like that um, we really view ourselves as like, you know, sort of uh, uplift, you know, trying to help, um, you know, sort of further and uplift the broader Tezos community and not, um, you know, sort of we're definitely, so so a big focus on what we're doing is like, we're looking at things like standardization. We're looking at things like, you know, as I said, like, you know, go governance explorers and we're interested in things like DAOs and all the, all the kinds of, you know, cool stuff that, um, are needed to, you know, sort of build a robust, you know, open source, um, you know, ecosystem. Um, but the specific things that we we worked on that I, I think we're pretty proud of um, to date are obviously helping um, some of the new emerging asset tokenization projects. So um, things like BTG Pactual, um, you know, we we've helped, um, you know, helped out uh, quite a bit with with that. Um, you know, we, we, with with smart contracts and and um, you know that sort of thing. You know, obviously many as anyone who sort of sits down to start working on Tezos, uh, a Tezos project, like learns pretty quickly. The platform, um, you know, obviously has had a lot of catching up to do in terms of um, you know, ease of writing smart contracts. So a lot of our time has been spent 
on um, you know sort of building developer tools. So we you know we wrote um, you know we we helped uh, create um, you know the the sort of the the Morley Lorenz um, uh, stack for writing smart contracts. You know at the time, obviously the other options were liquidity or doing you know raw Mickelson. And so we 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 were we decided well okay let's let's have something that can you know sort of bridge the gap uh, until uh, some of these new languages, which we also work very closely with uh, Lego and SmartPy until they're ready. And so we, we've spent a lot of times, you know, sort of sort of helping folks like the, the, the you know, at SmartPy, for example, we've done a lot of work, we, we've dedicated developer hours to the, um, the, the SmartPy IDE. We have folks who help with the language as well. Um, and then we also help the, um, the Lego team. We've, you know, been writing contracts in Lego and they're basically identifying all the uh, issues in the language um, that need uh, improving. And that, that's, you know, probably <laughs> resulted in dozens of, um, you know, sort of issues on the Lego issue tracker uh, that then they've plowed through and, and gotten Lego into a, a more usable state. Um, we work with Truffle, you know, we, we helped, um, you know, sort of you know, some folks sort of put Truffle on our radar as, you know, in the ecosystem, I think it was Cryptonomic and, 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 and others, they sort of said, you know, this is something that would be really valuable to have in Tezos. And we, we sat down with Truffle and realized, you know, this was an opportunity as well to where we could, um, you know, sort of bridge the gap and help them. Um, and obviously then they, they, you know, had that, you know, basically had them apply for a grant. They got a grant from the foundation. And that's when the, I think we'll hear, we'll see a lot of uh, cool, we obviously seen some demos at uh, at gquorum uh in, in the fall but i think in q1 you'll see a lot of you know it'll be more production uh ready and people will be actually using it and, and etc um we've also we did the tquorum uh conference series so we had um we had um you know obviously conferences in paris uh berlin and uh in, and then in new york um we obviously in 2020 you know we can get into that but we'd love to expand um, and partner with uh, you know local you know folks in, in in various jurisdictions and and um, and and help uh, you know sort of not again you know sort of build out this Tezos events uh, series um, and then uh, other areas that you know sort of uh, we've we've been involved obviously are uh, on the you know Agora so you know this this uh, discussion forum in, you know it's integrated with a you know governance explorer obviously you know we've you know helped uh, contribute to the sort of the roadmap there as well that's been published um, publicly which is basically around you know adding, um, you know, uh, you know, integration with DAOs and signaling contracts and things like that. Uh, and then um, we've also, um, you know, sort of we work with Nomadic and some other folks, um, you know, the folks at SmartPy um, uh, and, and others to sort of uh, come up with some initial uh, standards for, um, you know, sort of for, for assets. And so we have this TZIF repo, we, which um, has been um, recently been getting revamped, um, uh, and we, we and, and I could dive in if you're interested. I can dive into some of the things we've been working on recently. But um, we've also been, you know, we we helped create some, uh, you know, this initial interface for assets similar to ERC20, but which we, you know, pretty explicitly said at the beginning this was just, you know, sort of uh, something to to hold us over until we have something more long term and robust. And and we're looking forward to communicating uh, on what that on some of the things that we have in mind there for for asset um, standards and stuff like that. Um, that that would that we'd like to propose, um, et cetera. And we've been working with you know a, a host of entities, you know, from custodians and wallets to you know to um, you know to to banks and 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 other kinds of financial uh, institutions to to build you know new standards for um, you know for for asset tokenization. But obviously, understanding is an open source ecosystem. It's just you know basically it only it only matters if it's you know something that other people um, also want to use. Um, and so we're, we're kind of coming at it from a very, you know, in this very open uh, community centric way. And it's really exciting to see projects like, um, you know, yours, uh, Jonas, like the StakerDAO project is really exactly what we, the way that we want to see these things evolve, where you have um, basically someone just goes, they, they don't even, you know, 
they, they, they can launch a project with, uh, without even, uh, you know, immediately needing to talk to anyone. Um, they can just take it off the shelf. They, you know, sort of can, can, um, can deploy a, a contract and then, um, you know, sort of build, um, you know, a, a product or a project uh, off of that. Yeah. So, you know, clearly um, we're, uh, we're trying to eat our own dog food here and have been, you know, picking up the, the open source work that, uh, that your team has been doing around um, the FA 1.2 token standard, with the mm -hmm. understanding that that's evolving, as you mentioned. Yeah, I'm I'm curious that you know uh, in your uh, in your some of your examples, you said that um, you know the Tezos ecosystem has had to play catch up here in 2019, and yeah, so I was wondering absolutely. if you could if you could break down what what does it mean what what are we catching up to. Where where are we behind, and where do you think we're we have a real shot at being kind of the leader for the broader crypto ecosystem here over the next year? Yeah, great great question. So um, so I think obviously the one that everyone immediately defaults to is on develop like usability for developers. Um, but it's even it, it, so 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 the big one right is obviously like you know we obviously didn't have a stable situation in terms of smart contract languages. So you, you know and obviously Mickelson was designed as you know sort of this lower level. Language it wasn't you know it's not um, super um, you know sort of uh, appealing to a lot of a lot of developers and that's fine that, that's fine as long as you have you know the higher level uh, options as well so um, so I think where we've really closed the gap are where there was a really big gap to close was getting the developer tooling and developer experience to be as you know basically to abstract away a lot of the the painful blockchain parts and the painful Tezos parts. Um, the way that Ethereum has done with Truffle and with, um, you know, a lot of the Solidity tooling. Um, and so, uh, you know, basically the things that have emerged are things like, you know, Kakito, CanSayJS, um, these new languages. And all of these enable like really powerful abstraction where, you know, if you're a company or if you're an individual developer, you don't have to go reinvent every, all these different parts of the stack. You just literally take them as given. Uh, or you know, if you don't like something, you can obviously refine it, build your own, et cetera, but you don't have to. And in the beginning of 2019, the way things were was that, you know, a lot of these things didn't exist or they were very immature. And so many people were like, oh, well, I'll just create my own. So now we have, you know, so as a result, we, you know, Telsey goes is like, you know, <laughs> you know, the joke is that it has more languages than projects, um, but I, and, and, and it's easy to, 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 to sort of make fun of that. But um, the thing that is cool about that is that um, you know, it meant that you had a lot of people thinking about, and then you had a lot of people thinking about, um, you know, basically how to solve some of these problems. And, and as a result, we've actually gotten, seen some of these languages start to get over the line. So SmartPy, Ligo, um, et cetera, these are really starting to get usable and starting to be, ha have this sort of developer experience that people are used to, um, that people want to see, et cetera. Um, and so that, that was one gap where, you know, we're, we're closing, you know, closing the gap. And um, I think that that'll be really compelling. Um, I think there's probably some protocol features that, you know, right now we're probably not uh, behind the, you know, the, the, the state of the art. Um, but, you know, when you look at the, you know, the, the 10, you know, new projects that are launching in, in 2020, um, you know, you'll, I, I'm obviously making that figure out, but something along those, that order of magnitude um, of, of new projects led by like really talented, you know, really coordinated, you know, teams. Um, Tezos is going to need to, you know, obviously play catch up uh, in terms of like, you know, having fast finality consensus, having, you know, obviously it's going to be table stakes to have things like layer two, um, you know, sort of scalability solutions and to have, 
um, you know, to have um, uh, privacy, like privacy is just going to be table, like in Ethereum with Istanbul. Now we're, you know, obviously have to play, we may have to play catch up as well. You know, we'll, we'll get sapling and, and hopefully other kinds of uh, cool uh, new privacy and, and zero knowledge um, primitives. But, um, you know, obviously like there's going to, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem is, you know, has a new project launching every couple of weeks, you know, in the privacy uh, domain. So there's a, or, or with the role, you know, with layer two, um, like the ZK rollups and, and other things. So I think you'll see a lot of, a lot of really promising uh, uh, work being done in those areas in, in 2020 for Tezos. I think as long as we, honestly, all we need to do is keep with the state of the art, um, you know, and, and, and even just, you know, it's not really about having say the very best technical solution, but literally just having, um, you know, to just, just being, um, you know, over the threshold where you have these key um, primitives and public goods, I think that that'll be enough. Um, the other area where we were, where Tezos was behind, I think at the beginning of 2019, and now we're seeing really significant uh, catch up is on Mindshare. So um, Tezos was like sort of seen as a niche project, I think at the beginning of 2019. And I think now it's starting to be seen as a more legitimate like contender that people actually take seriously and they, you know, sort of sit up when they listen to the name. And and, and before it was sort of seen as, as I said, like sort of this more niche, uh, unique, um, you know, project has these, you know, these, these, these folks building, you know, amending their core protocol, but what does that mean, et cetera. Um, and now with, you know, sort of some of them more, it's, it's, it's definitely becoming more mainstream, I think as being one of the, the first major Proof of stake networks means that you get a lot of mind share that you know other projects are going to have trouble getting, and obviously um, Tezos being as you know sort of having as decentralized a validator set as it has uh, is helpful as well because it means that you have you know sort of all these folks all around the world doing your bidding for you and sort of um, you know sort of talking up how great Tezos is to all their friends and and, and neighbors, and um, I think that's gonna that that long term and and especially even in 2020 we'll see. Uh, a lot of uh, growth uh, come from this, like just these organic properties of the network that other networks just like, you know, if you're launching this new, you know, super, super scalable developer friendly product, you know, pro pro uh, network in, um, you know, in early 2020, that it's going to be harder for you to catch up, catch up on. Yeah. So I kind of feel like 2019 obviously has been, as you mentioned, a lot about building infrastructure uh, and building out the tooling. I feel like, the the big tease for the year was kind of this constant story of uh, applications coming, STOs coming, people talking about launching all these real estate STOs from very mm -hmm. early in the year all the way through, but we never really saw anything happen uh, on mainnet uh, that I'm aware of um, at, at yeah. this point in time. Um, yeah, so actually, I, I would just interject briefly there and just say um, a lot of that stuff is coming, actually. Um, it just, you know, a lot because of the how early Tezos was, um, you know, like like early because the network was launched, um, you know, the, the way it was, um, a lot of things like either you know things ranging from like the gas limit to um, tooling that didn't that didn't exist for Tezos, you know, early on. A lot of that stuff had to get built. So things ranging from indexers to totally. testing to all that kind of stuff, and and a lot of that's in language, you know, smart contract languages, um, all this kind of stuff. Um, and now that stuff is really there, and actually a lot of a lot of these new uh, projects, I think you'll see them in, in, in you know the ones that you, you, you've been uh, waiting for. A lot of think you'll see them in, in, in Q1. Yeah, that's going to be great. So speaking of Q1 and kind of the the roadmap for 2020, um, you know, what are you most excited about for the year Absolutely. ahead? Yeah. So what I'm really excited about is like is really really I think we're going to see a lot of uh, organic growth in 2020. I think. Um, like I think that things that used to take 
months to build now take a few days. So I'll give you an example. So, um, you know, obviously we've done, you know, a bunch of work with this FA 1.2 uh, contract as like a proof of concept of assets on Tezos. Um, you know, it took us a long time to get that specified and to, you know, even, you know, and, and again, knowing that it would just be preliminary, that it was the first, um, you know, not the, not something that would be, you know, sort of the, necessarily the long-term standard. And, and we can talk about like some of the ideas for, for what that would look, what that's going to look like. Um, but um, what I was going to say is that like that process of creating these kinds of standards with like lots of buy-in from different stakeholders, et cetera, um, that can take months, weeks, months, you know, a long time. Uh, like a lot of these standards in Ethereum, they weren't built, like now they're just sort of there and you use them or whatever, but like they took a long time to create and, and to take off. Um, it was sped up, I think, on Ethereum because of ICOs. Like you, you sort of, you have, you know, the ERC-20 is a great example. It's like you do your, you know, this crowd sale, um, then people create DEXs around it, then they get wallet integration. And now you have like, you know, network effects around, uh, around ERC-20. Um, but then someone, all the work that was done to create ERC-20 or to create, you know, new token standard on you know, 721, all these different things on Ethereum or F1.2 on Tezos, um, that's all compressed, you know, and, and gone. It's like, a, it's like a fixed cost that you pay. And then after that, people then go build on it and, it and they just literally go take a contract off the shelf. They don't even think about it anymore. And so now we're seeing all sorts of people start to deploy or use uh, these, these standards and, and contracts. So things that were taking, as I said, things that took months to develop and it was a, this big fixed upfront cost. Um, now they're like basically, um, you know, like, like invisible. Like, so like when someone goes and deploys an F1.2, they can just literally go to, for example, our, our assets portal, or you can go to um, another, another um, you know, another repos that ha have these kinds of, you know, these kinds of contracts and they just go deploy it, right? And, and there's no, it, it's like a, a, one, a few hours, right? Or a few days, you know, it, it's not a, a process of, you know, sort of like, well, what am I going to use? What is, you know, sort of supported, right? all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's something really exciting because once you have these kinds of problems solved, um, you can build lots of stuff on top. So um, your, your project's a great example. So I, I'm really excited to see people take things like, you know, if it's F1.2 or new token standards or other things like that, take them off the shelf, combine them with other stuff on chain or build other 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 kinds of uh, stuff on top of them and just sort of compose all these things like Lego blocks. And I think what we've seen in Ethereum with the whole DeFi, you know, the nascent, very early stage, like, you know, DeFi ecosystem is um, is exactly that. And, and it's super early stage, it's still anyone's game in DeFi, in, in my opinion, or, or just blockchain in general. Um, and I think Tezos is really well positioned to be one of the other major contenders, um, you know, sort of in this notion of composable, you know, smart contracts where people sort of build products that are built on other people's open source, you know, sort of tooling and um, uh, contracts that they, they've released to the world. So th I think composability and open, I'm, I'm really, I'm really um, excited and optimistic about Tezos as an open source project where people compose and build really cool stuff on top. And then um, you get real use and, and, and really starting to see the first, use, you know, between things like uh, Kathleen's, uh, you know, Coast project, the co company uh, or other things start to go really cool user facing uh, products that actual people can use. Uh, I'm really excited to see like user experience improve. And so things like, um, you know, some of these, these wallets um, that'll have like really nice UX. So uh, Dexter, they're building a wallet um, that I think will have really nice UX. Uh, obviously, um, you know the Zengo uh, wallet should should be launching with Tezos support uh, in Q1. Um, things like that, where you actually have really nice, um, you know, sort of end user UX, and not um, this current um, sort of experience where you know you you have 
uh, you know, sort of to, to back up, you know, you have a very painful seed phase backup process, you have, uh, et cetera, you know, sort of these things that have been taken for granted in the industry. I think um, a lot of these things are, gonna, I think the standard is going to move towards, um, you know, sort of abstracting away these crazy pain points that, you know, when you, you, the way my test is like, if you show this to your grandma, like, what would she say, right? She's like, oh yeah, back up the seed phrase and put it in your, you know, in your, in your safe deposit box and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, your grandma's gonna be like, what? Like I put, I don't, I don't, I put jewelry in there. I don't put stuff like that in there. <laughs> um, and so stuff like that, um, I think is, is definitely, um, is what, what I'm really optimistic about. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, one of the, one of the guiding principles for what we're uh, what we're building at at StakerDAO yeah. is the notion that you know uh, it goes back to kind of the core um, innovators dilemma uh, and the 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 old story about crossing the chasm of adoption, yeah. right? Yeah. And that the you know all of us who've been in crypto for the last two, three, ten years, um, we're all the early adopters. You know, we're still. On the on one side of the chasm, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. we're all very comfortable. To, to greater or lesser degree, we're all very comfortable with seed phrases and backups and six thousand different assets and you know <laughs> um, and all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. But uh, but 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 for crypto to truly fulfill its destiny here, um, you know, the majority needs to come to it. The early majority is going to be very different than the early adopters, yeah, and the early majority. Yeah, for better or worse, won't come and won't won't come in in mass until the UI issues are solved and they have uh, more iconic brands that they can associate with uh, and feel trust around. Right. I also yeah, and I also think that one of the biggest mistakes in this industry has been tribalism. And, I mean, obviously, like it's a natural uh, thing. You know, people are incentivized to have this like tribalist. Um, you know, sort of like reaction to everything. Um, but yeah. um, the thing that where I think there's been a lot of short, you know, sort of short sightedness in the industry is like people who think that like what really matters is like, you know, if, if people like Ethereum more than Bitcoin or like all that stuff, it's like realistically, like, you know, almost none of these things are really competitive in the long term. And like, like, it, you know, what we should really be looking at is like when what happens when things like Libra and you know tell you know if Telegram ever launches or these things that have just like digital yuan from China like if sure. these things ever launch right they have instant distribution and a lot of legitimacy from the out of the gate right and none of all of these all of these smart contract platforms all of these cryptocurrencies they're all fighting uh, for even like the smallest little morsel of legitimacy and mind share, et cetera, in the larger world. And like mm -hmm. the notion that everyone's just like looking internally is like, the, like I think like it's both a great opportunity for projects like Tezos where, you know, sort of like, you know, you can sort of see that that's what's happening and say, oh, okay, well, we're going to go a different way. Um, and, uh, you know, versus, um, you know, projects where, you know, the sort of just people are very caught up on, like, you know, I see it in the Ethereum community all the time, like bashing Polkadot or bashing EOS or whatever. It's like, well, you know, if that's what your guys, what you guys want to spend your time doing, that's great. We're gonna go try to actually build stuff for real users. Like, and yeah, like that, totally. that to me seems like a you know like a much better uh, you know uh, you know way of going about it than like sort of this endless um, you know sort of bashing of of different um, alternatives. Obviously, I'm very I'm very much like referring to crypto Twitter in many ways. Sure, but, sure. Um, I see it. I mean, in a lot but of but the but but to be fair, like there's a lot bigger. Uh, issues out there like um youtube banning uh, yeah. as many crypto video accounts yeah. as they did yeah uh, the last two, 24 hours or so right that was weird 
Yeah. So, you know, clearly that's not the signal of mainstream adoption. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great point. Um, yeah. No, we're, we're pretty far. <laughs> We're yeah, we, we, got a lot, we got a lot of work to do and we all need to work together as a community. And some of the efforts that I think you guys have been involved with or you personally have been involved with, like uh, the POSA Alliance, yeah. you know, um, those are the kinds of um, cross-chain organizations yep. that have an opportunity to really help help cross that chasm, I think. Yeah, and, and, and the thing to understand with stuff like that is like that's really about user, like that's really about like really thinking like, you know, these are real existential questions about these networks that we haven't, really addressed yet and things like you know like if you read the paper about um that that you know was written by Abe Sutherland about um uh about uh, how cryptocurrency uh inf you know rewards are treated taxation wise um like these are the kinds of things that we're gonna have to think about like longer term like you know and he he, he you know I really recommend this this uh this this article it's in you know a really famous um you know tax journal called tax notes um but it's a really phenomenal uh, you know, sort of example of like, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of like trailblazing stuff here, not just, you know, in, you know, I, I mean, just the industry in general, in terms of, you know, redefining what money is, what, uh, you know, what, what kind of financial assets can exist, um, things like what you're doing, where it's like, you know, notions of like, you know, open, decentralized, you know, vanguard, stuff like that. Like, these are very um, new and novel, um, you know, sort of ideas. And, 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 and I think like, this is getting lost in the like these little petty, like turf wars that people. Huh, it's it's just the nature of the uh, yeah. Adoption no, curve, you're right. Uh, you know, but um, totally. But we're gonna we're all gonna have to work together to cross the chasm. I agree. So Absolutely. Speak, speaking of crossing the chasm, one of the um, one of the main things that uh, the Tezos Foundation uh, talked about la early last year was getting a, a thousand new developers uh, mm -hmm. to come to Tezos, right? And I know TQ yeah. had, a, ha had a heavy hand in that process. So that was like a commitment that was made in late 2018 and happened through 2019. Curious where, where we ended up on that and what are, the, what are the, you know, kind of the equivalent commitments that you see the foundation and TQ making for 2020? Oh, yeah, that's an uh, interesting question. So I think, um, so first of all, um, there was a blog post. I did not. I was not involved in writing it, but basically the the idea that, or basically the measurements that they they basically did like a very high level study of the larger ecosystem, and they they found that across all the different uh, chan you know channels in which there was developer training or developer in, you know introduction of Tezos to different developers, I think um, they, they, the total number of people who were like at least on a very super level, superficial level exposed to Tezos was like 1300 developers. Um, and so that I think is like, obviously, like obviously, and, and, and honestly, I actually think we're starting to see um, like real, like, 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 like real um, organic, you know, real organic interest in some of these smart contract languages and stuff. So um, like, if you go on Telegram, you'll go to the, and you go to the SmartPy channel, right? Um, the Telegram channel, it has like 150, you know, people in there, right? And they're like, well, wait a minute, that's like, you know, given that this thing only existed like, you know, a year ago, it's super, you know, still Tezos is really niche, et cetera. And you have people asking questions in there all day, right? Um, and people, I, I like, frankly, I, I never, I've never met or heard of, and you have, you know, the, the founder of the project is answering, the, answering questions, people in the community are answering questions, uh, et cetera. Um, I think you're going to see the growth. Um, one of the metrics that I would measure is like, how do these, 
um, sort of little sub communities of developer communities and stuff? How do they, what, what does their trajectory look like? And like, does, you know, does that SmartPy channel have a thousand users at the end of next year? Right. Like I could believe, like I could actually believe that. Like if you were to be like, oh yeah, now smart, you know, there's a thousand, uh, you know, folks in the SmartPy channel, um, you know, in Telegram I'd be like, oh yeah, I could see it. And so like, I think a thousand developers was a good, um, you know, sort of motivating point in terms of thinking about like, the kinds of things that need to get built. The Telus Foundation, I think, also um, was thinking was like, well, what do we need to fund? You know, that that would basically, um, you know, get help us get towards a, a, a you know, something like a thousand developers on, on Tezos or something like that. Um, I think, like realistically, you really need, um, you know, even you know what we really need on Tezos are projects um, and, and and people building products and things. And um, what I hope to see is like a growth in the number of like new projects, um, especially um, you know. One way you could measure, for example, would be like, you know, I just saw there's this new Tezos Foundation funded faucet, right? And so, like, how many people are are, are getting tokens off the, you know, are, are, are individual, you know, folks are unique people are getting tokens off the faucet or something like this? Stuff like that, I think, would be really um, interesting to track. Number of number of uh, smart contracts on mainnet um, would be would be really interesting. Um, so, you know, obviously there's been a lot of growth, um, you know, from like, you know, a really low starting point of like, say zero, whatever, five contracts on mainnet to, you know, a few hundred um, stuff. You know, obviously there's all the KT1, the, um, you know, what previously were sort of the originated delegation um, accounts are now also technically contracts. But other than the, excluding those, say, I'm, I think there's like a few hundred uh, contracts. Uh, so stuff like that, um, I think I'm really interested. A number of truffle uh, downloads of, uh, you know, for the, of Tezos um, would be really interesting as well. Um, yeah, so all that kind of stuff, I think we're we're really interested to see um, what happens. Are there any big um, uh, big strategic goals that TQ has out there for 2020? Hmm. So nothing. I wouldn't say. Uh, I would actually frame it more qualitatively. So I would say our like qualitative goals are like doing the best that we can to help Tezos catch up and surpass catch, catch up to Ethereum and other ecosystems and surpass it by, you know, in, in 2020. And I don't mean that in terms of like price or anything like that. I mean, like literally like, you know, like, you know, have, you know, obviously we're not going to surpass ETH in terms of number of projects or anything like that. But what I would be really happy about would be surpassing it in terms of like, like in terms of uh, health as an open source ecosystem, public key public goods, techno like on the frontier of the, as a core protocol, like uh, I think that's like attainable is like, you know, cause like Ethereum is like doing this, you know, Ethereum 2.0 um, transition, which is gonna take many years. Um, like I think by in 2020, we could have a lot of, um, you know, really um, compelling functionality on the core. That would be really great. But from a TQ standpoint, um, I think we're thinking about qualitatively, like what public goods do we want to build and support um, for the Tesla ecosystem? Um, what, uh, what what are areas where we can, um, you know, sort of uh, contribute to helping Tezos catch up or surpass um, competitors um, and, and stuff like that? Um, and uh, I think uh, the, the, the key ways we plant the products we have in, in, in mind uh, to do that sort of thing are, you know, sort of continuing our work on smart contract standardization or just standardization in general. So uh, helping facilitate people, you know, there's obviously context where we're like not even involved. So the wallet interaction standard, we, you know, sort of, for example, that Airgap and others, you know, sort of facilitated, you know, we gave, you know, we basically had them come by the office around T-Quorum. We had, 
you know, they basically set up a, you know, a chat with a bunch of different wallet developers in, in Tezos. They created um, this wallet interaction standard and they started having uh, public open calls uh, about, um, you know, basically how to create something. It's basically something similar to uh, or inspired by Wallet Connect and, and Ethereum, um, which is really great for, for, uh, for UX. Uh, and, and stuff like that is definitely, these are the kinds of things that we're, 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 we want to contribute. So standardization, uh, key public goods, stuff like that. We're also really interested in things like, um, you know, sort of we're creating like a community around certain types of public goods. So like oracles, for example, like, you know, we've done some preliminary work around oracles, just like trying it out, like figuring out like here's how you would publish prices to the, certain prices to the chain of like anything, you know, Big Mac or, a, you know, you know, the, you know, Pepsi stock or whatever it is uh, to, to Tezos chain. Um, but what we want to see is like for like there to be like, say, five, 10 projects around oracles, like people building lots of different oracle projects or um, we have, you know, we're interested in the same thing with DAOs, right? So, um, you know, especially now seeing what you guys are doing with StakerDAO, like, you know, could we get, you know, can we help you or other, other projects like build, um, you know, sort of, DAOs on top of Tezos. And then with Agora, the idea is like, well, we could have a registry of DAOs and like a, you know, a, a portal that allows people to go find all the DAO, like the, the, you know, DAOs on Tezos, like even, you know, if there were a hundred of them, you know, hypothetically like sort them and do stuff like, you know, basically filter through them, et cetera. Um, and, and, and sort of create uh, portals into these things. Um, we also want to like remove a lot of the friction um, to getting started. So not just like with tooling, et cetera, but also with actual websites. So of open source software, um, you know, so things like the asset Tezos assets portal, uh, assets.tqtezos.com, you can go and you can, you know, you can start, um, you can deploy a, uh, figure out how to deploy a, um, a contract on testnet and try out, uh, you know, creating, you know, deploying your own STO or something like this on, on, on Tezos. Um, so all this, you know, all this kind of stuff. We're also interested in things like NFTs and gaming and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, we have. I would say it's it's a tackling friction, getting us caught up in terms, you know, to 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 other, you know, to to sort of key ecosystems, uh, abstraction of of the experience um, so that it's more like a normal development experience uh, or like a normal business experience, like getting started, um, yeah. sort of stuff like that. Cool. Uh, also, then, Solar Baker. Solar Baker. Uh, we would we want to help. Um, we, we would love to collaborate with anyone um, to to get more people baking on Tezos so that we can sort of counteract some of the emergence of like new intermediaries, like you know, exchange baking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, any anything in particular that you're focused on from the uh, from the protocol evolution and in 2020 that, that you're expecting to see, or you really want to make sure is included? Yeah. So, um, so I definitely think, um, one area where we're really interested in, um, seeing improvement is like from a developer UX perspective, like what are the things that can't be solved with tooling alone? So, um, we helped, uh, we've helped, uh, the create, create this new test net called LabNet. It's sort of been, um, you know, pretty quiet thus far. Um, you know, in terms of like what, what it's up to, et cetera, there's a blog post on Agora, um, et cetera. Um, but basically what they're built, what the LabNet folks are, are working on is um, creating like a, a new test net that uh, iterates quickly. So it hard forks itself. Um, and basically uh, it, it, it sort of tackles a few different areas. So one of them is layer two, really the biggest focus will be on layer two. So things like 
um, you know, uh, optimistic rollups, the you know, optimistic virtual machine um, that Plasma Group created uh, in, or announced in, in mid 20, 2019. And then they had like sort of this really cool demo at um, with uh, Uniswap at, uh, at DevCon this year. Um, so that's one area where there's people doing some really, really, really cool stuff. And they're going to have actual demo, I think, in Q1, uh, the folks at Crypto Economic Lab in, in Japan. And that's actually the the evolution of the uh, Marigold project. So the Marigold project that people have been like, oh, whatever happened to that? It's actually been moving along and they actually have, they're trying to keep pace with the state of the art and, and build this optimistic rollups thing. Um, the other area where I think you'll see uh, interesting stuff is, you know, one thing that's just come up over and over again as developers have start, tried to get started with Tezos is um, the some solution to the question of read-only calls and also events. So. Uh, read-only calls, you know, are you know commonly referred to in the community as views. Uh, so you know, like, or like reading the storage of a smart, con or, or also like if you have a contract that wants to read the storage of another smart contract, um, that it, that doesn't have to. You don't have to. You don't want the, the developers to have to communicate with each other. Um, so, for example, if you want to build like you know uh, super composable contracts, like um, you know uh, Maker with Compound, and you don't want Compound and Maker shouldn't have to talk to each other. Um, like basically, you know, these are this is the problem that this is aiming to solve, um, as, along with a, a bunch of other um, you know, challenges. Um, and so that's something where I think that the folks behind LabNet they'd really like to um, put out uh, put that out. So they'd like to to, to put out. A, they already there's already a prototype of it. Um, you know, uh, from uh, September uh, that uh, Gabriel from the Lego and Marigold project um, had put out. Um, but I think they're going to see, um, you know, other efforts with that and event logging. They also have ideas, I think, on contract storage and stuff like that. Um, so I think that stuff's really exciting. I think it brings a new, um, you know, sort of user feedback-based dimension to the amendment process that, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying it didn't have it already, but it's sort of more explicit and more, um, you know, direct, um, you know, and basically the idea is to uh, use these to, um, you know, use these efforts to inform um, the amendment process. Also super excited um, uh, about um, private app, shielded assets. So, um, you know, one thing we've been working on internally um, is we've, and we, we've, we've worked a bit with Nomadic on, on this as well, is um, uh, the notion of like shielded permissioned assets. So if you have like a security token and you want to, you want it to be private, um, you know, you can be, we, we basically have helped because of our experience with F1.2, uh, we've 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 been talking with them uh, quite a lot, and they actually kind of refer to refer to those efforts in the recent Sapling blog post about um, you know basically how you, that you could have a an FA 1.2 contract and, and a shielded FA 1.2 contract, basically the equivalent of that, um, and that would be really interesting um, as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, so so I'm really excited for privacy, you know, for for privacy for especially for institu institutional uh, context. Um, I think that's going to onboard a lot of, you know, make make the you know the experience for institutions a lot, you know, make them a lot more comfortable with the public chain. Um, I'm really excited for you know sort of user feedback based and, and like you know layer two uh, experimentation um, on LabNet and other hopefully other test nets like that. Um, I'm really excited for um, you know sort of some of the other interesting things that could be done on on, on Tezos like later on, which is you know you know some of the sort of experimental features that you see written about on Agora or other places. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically what, what I see. I, I think that the, the roadmaps that Nomadic and Cryptium um, proposed um, at T-Quorum were, were pretty cool. Um, you know, I don't think they're exhaustive. I think you'll see evolving needs for the community and the, the network um, that may um, you know, sort of 
take things in, you know, just basically, you know, sort of uh, uh, expand, um, you know, what, what gets built, you know, you know, compared to what we already have on our radar. Um, but uh, those are the areas that I'm, I'm most interested in. Great. That's great. Um, okay. So just in wrapping up here then, uh, Jacob, um, what's your call to action for the community? Is there uh, anything in particular you want to see the community do to get more involved in 2020? Yeah, actually. Um, so there was a, a feedback link that the, the LabNet post included uh, for folks that wanted to basically give feedback on any, any part of the stack um, in LabNet. So one of the things about LabNet that I thought was, is, I think is really cool is the notion that it's this sort of has this like cross-cutting, what they call cross-cutting, um, you know, coverage. So basically um, the stuff that gets deployed on uh, LabNet would um, you know, basically they were tested against, you know, uh, in, does it break smart contracts? Does it break, you know, the um, integration libraries like Takedo or JS? Does it break uh, other things? Um, and so getting feedback on all that stuff, getting feedback from bakers, getting feedback from everybody in the ecosystem, um, that sort of thing um, would be, um, you know, really compelling. That's like, you know, a chance for everyone to get involved, and, et cetera. Um, I'm also, uh, I, I encourage, you know, if you're a developer, like, Check out, you know, the developer portal. Check out the assets portal. Check out, um, you know, uh, create a node on CarthageNet. Let us know if there, you know, if there, there's anything wrong, you know, with CarthageNet, BabylonNet, uh, LabNet, etc. Um, you know, um, and then uh, for for just general folks, I mean, we have, you know, these, um, you know, this announce. There's an announcement channel in Telegram, um, and uh, I think it's called Tezos Bulletin on Twitter. Um, those are great places to to stay informed if you're if you're want to sort of be an armchair uh, enthusiast, but uh, in general, yeah, and obviously reach out. I have open DMs on on Twitter. I love talking to anyone in, in, interested in in um, you know this um, you know th this project or technology, and uh, would love to to hear from anyone who um, you know it, it wants to get involved somehow. Yeah, and my call to action, I think, for the community is to take a take a new look at the tezosagora.org site. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it has a uh, discussion forum there. Um, mm -hmm. where really the core uh, developer teams are focused on talking about what they want to do with the protocol going forward, as mm -hmm. well as as well as all of these ancillary services, LabNet and others. There's lots of threads on uh, the forums on Tezos Agora, but there's not a ton of dialogue yet. And yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'd actually would love to make a note about that. So, um, this is actually also true of uh, ETH Research. So the thing that this was modeled off of was ETH Research. Um, I think the main point with Agora was not so much to like, like it wasn't to have dialogue for the sake of dialogue. Um, it's the it, the idea sort of like um, to have, um, make it common knowledge that so-and-so is either working on something or has a certain view or, um, you know, about a, a given technical topic. Um, and so that's what people have asked a number of times, like, well, you know, there's not a lot of people commenting or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, uh, it, that's actually fine. Like maybe there's nothing controversial or, or problematic about that thing, but at least it's, it's known that so-and-so is building that thing and that it's not all happening sort of in a, in a, in a vacuum or whatever. Um, and then we've mm -hmm. also had, um, you know, times when there actually has been significant activity. So I just pulled it up. And for example, for example, on the <laughs> the Babylon 2.0.1 uh, thread, uh, you know, there's 64 replies and three point, you know, th almost, you know, th three point uh, three thousand uh, views, right? So, yeah. Um, in, in examples like that, it's like you sort of have this weird, um, you know, uh, uh, experience where you have like lots of comments on some uh, areas 
um, uh, controversial areas. And then for the less, less controversial things, you'll have like sort of like, you know, a bunch of likes and, and not much else. But um, yeah. but yeah, I just wanted to, to make that note. Um, Sounds you're, you're good. Your and team. we have, you know, part of the uh, opportunity and challenge with running a, a decentralized project is, you know, the communications are decentralized, right? So yep. um, Agora is a great place for people to find, as you said, kind of the core of who's doing what. And if you want to comment on it, do it there. Of course, there's, you know, dozens of Telegram channels and yeah. and yeah. Uh, Riot channels and, and Twitter handles as well. So it's all a real yeah. interesting challenge. To yeah. And the Reddit just passed uh, 19,000 oh, yeah, uh, people, Reddit's, which is yeah. cool. For sure, yeah. for sure. Okay, great. Uh, uh, Jacob, thanks very much for your time here today. Um, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so on Twitter, uh, open um, uh, open DMs uh, at Jacob Arluck, um, you know, there. And uh, on Telegram, um, I'm sure you can find me similarly. So, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, just reach out. I, I really I really do enjoy, um, you know, trying, you know, if someone has a problem or, or anything that we can help them with and just like love to, to hear from them and, and, and see how we can help. So um, just, you know, obviously if, if any, if that applies to, to the listener, like, please, uh, please reach out. Great. All right. Well, everybody, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to Tesonomics this year. We've got uh, uh, one more episode to go, but happy holidays to all of you. Happy holidays, Jacob, to you and the TQ team. Yeah. And we uh, look forward to, uh, to really having an amazing 2020 with all kinds of cool stuff happening. Yeah. Likewise. Happy holidays. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.